We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime and Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Martin. I'm joined once again by Sean Siegel, the co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast and co-host as well of the Stadium Bananas podcast, as well as an author of uh, numerous, numerous great pieces over the years, but of course over this season uh, to help set you up for fantasy success. It is Sean Siegel. Sean, we are... Uh, Second show of the week, it is Thursday. I did mention at the end of the Tuesday episode that we were going to talk about a, a rookie on a historic pace, you know, heading to greatness. Sorry for anyone that tuned in today waiting to hear that. We're going to hold that one off for Saturday's show. We did bump the schedule a little bit this week. We're going to talk tight ends and uh, Kyle Pitts, among other tight ends as well. On Saturday's edition this week, we are talking today about some players who may be potential by low opportunities at this current point we might even touch on some players uh we have been kind of doing it talking about players who are maybe sell high opportunities over the next week or two but um talking some by lows today particularly at the wide receiver position so looking forward to doing that as we get ready for thursday night football coming up very shortly it is the packers and the cardinals we did touch a little bit about it on tuesday shortly after we finished recording that show alan lazard was then uh, added to the COVID list so Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, the Packers will at least have have some eligible receivers uh, able to take the field. But uh, Sean, it's going to be a fun week here as we get ready for. It's hard to believe it's week eight already. I was going through a lot of the teams on Tuesday night, putting through the first waiver claims, trying to get a sense, and also looking ahead at what the different teams need. And and it's interesting because uh, in terms of how far we are already for the teams that are are doing really well, like. Uh, our team, you're like, well, the you know, playoffs can get here. We're, we're set. We don't need uh, any time for people to come back. For some of the other teams that are 
potentially really good. The fact that we're already in week eight, it feels like, ah, I mean, if the season were just a little bit longer, I, the, the kind of crazy team that I'm wondering, like, if the season will be long enough for, you know, Blair and I did have the chance to draft the one-on-one, the thing that kind of our RVOT and extended family community had been looking for all off season. We got that. We picked Christian McCaffrey. We were off to a great start, but that team has McCaffrey. It has Jerry, Judy, uh, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, both of those guys on the bye last week. It has Ron Gronkowski. He's obviously out. We're now in a little bit of trouble, right? And McCaffrey's still a couple weeks away at the best case from coming back. But you're thinking McCaffrey with those receivers, you know, how many 200-point games in a row could we potentially put up to pull back in? And you're like, oh, that's still going to run up right against when the playoffs start. So, yes, we are closing in already on the fantasy playoffs, and it's time to start getting our rosters in gear for that segment. So it kind of depending on your format, you know, week seven, we're through seven weeks, really halfway there, right? So if you go all the way through week 14, as most leagues do, you do have time to come back. There's a long way to go, but Colin, it's been a fun, fast season and 2021 has really lived up to some of the standards that 2020 set. So uh, the crowds are back. The home field advantage for the defense and getting off off the snap. So I'm really looking forward to the second half of the year here. And Colin, one of the things we're going to talk about today are some buy lows, some possible buy lows that are masquerading at sell highs, or perhaps the other way around. We've got some interesting uh, wide receiver groupings and some way to attack uh, these receivers. We also have some issues where. Uh, about half of the NFL or, or a pretty decent chunk of the teams are now looking pretty questionable at quarterback, including some of the good teams like the New Orleans Saints. And it's interesting. I was looking at some NFL mock drafts yesterday uh, to get a little bit of a sense for some of the dynasty super flex and, and all of those things where we need to make some trades for that. We'll talk a little bit about Dalvin Cook trade opportunities uh, either today or for Saturday. But the interesting thing there is this is considered to be a very, very weak class of quarterbacks. And yet some of the mocks I'm seeing have five quarterbacks in the first round. Now they're not currently going one, two, three, but one of the things that we find is guys who are ranked as, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 at this point in the off season often do end up going two, three, four, five, because those are the teams that are desperate for quarterbacks. So We'll see what happens there. It will be great for football. It'll be great for college football. And certainly fans of teams that are struggling right now, if some of these guys who are borderline first-round picks finish off with a real flurry and continue to move up the board. But, Colin, start us off here. What what are you looking at today? Where are we going in terms of potential buy lows? Yeah, and before we get into it, you touched on it. Like This season has gone by very quick, and you touched on the fans being back in the stands. And I think part of the watching process or the enjoyment process is that instant reaction of like we even seen it this week and we're all sick of it at this point but tom brady's 600 touchdown ball getting handed into the crowd by mike evans and the whole hullabaloo that has gone on after that but even just those things of the player fan interactions and when you're watching it and you see those sort of things it's hard not to that to add to your level of excitement from seeing those uh, scores versus last year when there was that atmosphere just wasn't wasn't the same but um you also mentioned the college players and you know we were very excited with the draft 
this past year with the players coming in um and and so far it's been been pretty good overall but the quarterbacks haven't lived up to maybe the hype that we were hoping to and you know those guys there's a long time to go this season there's you know second year third year we can see how they do progress but the college incoming class at quarterback like you touched on there doesn't uh doesn't you know ha- have the same caliber at the moment you know it's always interesting to see that adaptation to the nfl and how the rest of the college season goes but yeah as you mentioned there's just a couple of teams that may be uh struggling to to get that you know ratified in, in this upcoming draft but in terms of some of the buy lows sean i know some of these we've touched on previously some of them we've touched on between this show and you with ben on stealing bananas but a couple of players that we have talked about regularly but i still don't think are probably getting the you know the amount of talk they probably deserve one of them is marquise brown i think brown has really come on like we did touch on week i think it might have been week three it was the game against the lions anyway where they scored the the long field goal the record setting field goal to win the game um but the ravens in that game marquise brown had three pr- pretty straightforward kind of catches that probably would have led to to touchdowns that he didn't have but since that he has responded extremely well um in terms of what he's done so far this season I, I still feel like he is somebody who the breakout is starting there's starting to be a lot of conversation around uh Bateman and, and you know him coming in I think it'll actually help Brown having Bateman there and obviously Mark Andrews is I think pretty quietly having a very very good season so I think this team and, and you and Ben talked about it I think they're they are turning into more of a passing team as much as they probably don't want to be that and want to run the ball. I think we're seeing a progression and a development in that offense. Do you think that Bateman coming back can can help Brown? Do you think Brown uh, continues like at the moment, sitting at a you know mid twenties, twenty six percent target share in this offense? Catch percentage for the the passes he's targeted on is relatively high, sixty two percent. What is your thoughts here as we move forward with Brown? It feels like it could just become a, a massive second half of the season for him. Yeah, I think when you look and see what they're currently doing at running back and you see how comfortable and how effective that Lamar Jackson has been on most weeks with the deep passes, you have to be really excited about what Marquise Brown brings to the table. I, I've had him up into the top 25 now in terms of the new dynasty rankings and the, the interesting thing here is that it kind of points in two different directions, right? Two of the guys, and Matt Spencer and Dave Cabin have it set up really in a really cool fashion right now where you can use the Monday review tool to look at some of this stuff with air yards, uh, air yard percentages, air yard conversion, see where some of the exploitable gaps may be. Now, one of the things I kind of, in the article for Monday, I looked back at the last three weeks and the funny thing is that two of the guys with the biggest gap between air conversion and weighted opportunity are Marquise Brown and Cortland Sutton. Both of those guys over that three-week span have averaged 20 points per game. And so there are a variety of reasons, obviously, why you're not looking at players who have scored 20 points per game as by lows because their actual scoring is going to drop. And for both of these players... You also have a situation where a secondary receiver is going to start to have a big impact on what happens. But you look at this game last week, and you know if you didn't get a chance to watch or you haven't had a chance to dive into some of the peripherals, then 
it might be a little bit misleading in terms of what happened here, right? Because Marquise Brown catches five passes for 80 yards. He does score. People will note the touchdown. They'll be excited by the touchdown. It was a great catch. Bateman catches three passes for 80 yards. And so with the difference in yards per reception there, both of the numbers are high, but Bateman's is obviously much higher. You know, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, well, Bateman is right there to claw back a lot of the opportunity. It's just his second game. And, you know, this could even out to the extent where Brown, especially when he's also competing with Mark Andrews, as you mentioned, that, I mean, it's so funny that we're just one season removed from where Brown and Andrews as the only target still would not get anything done for them to where now we have an extra guy here and we're thinking, okay, well, the opportunity might still be significant. So you you go in and you look a little bit deeper and you realize, okay, well, Marquise Brown had 14 targets. Bateman only had six. But beyond that, Brown had 321 air yards in this game. And Bateman at 69, Mark Andrews at 82. Now, uh, the thing here is that Brown had a very solid game, but he finished with 80 yards on 321 air yards. And so one of the things that we can note about what's happened over this recent stretch is even though Brown has performed well, the opportunity is just off the charts. And so if you think that with Devonte Freeman and Williams and Bell and even Latavius Murray coming back from the ankle injury, unless you're very confident that these guys are going to start to do some of the things that the Ravens backs have done in the past, then suddenly we just have this massive opportunity to where Marquise Brown could really be, a top 10 or even top five wide receiver the rest of the way. And so when we're looking at that element of it, there might be still room to buy him and you can use the buy and you can use Bateman's presence to get in there and get that deal done. So that would be the optimistic look at it. Like with anything else, I mean, you're trying to figure out prices that will work and that will give you an advantage to still you know, have some room to outperform after you've made the deal, but especially when you consider that almost regardless of how they do it, the Ravens offense is explosive. Then how these touchdowns break down going forward, you also have all this touchdown upside for Brown. And so you know, people know that some of these things like touchdowns are going to bounce around. But one of the things that we always emphasize is that you want exposure to players who could go through a stretch where they do some of the types of things that Cooper Cup has done. Right. And so that exposure is something that you have to be really excited about at this point. Now, from a dynasty perspective, if you can get a big trade with someone wanting to make that move this season, then I think you also have to consider that because we look at uh, 2022, there's a potential for sort of a mix between what they've done this season and what they've done in the past. They've been so effective throwing the ball. I don't think they're going to go back to what they were previously, where they were just so extremely run heavy. But if you look at 2022, you have J.K. Dobbins pretty heavily involved. You know, in an ideal world, world he will come back and, and look pretty good, be his pre-injury self. And then a split between Brown, Bateman, and Andrews, the ceilings will be a little bit lower for all those guys because I think we will see a more even split. The other thing that we have going on here is, and, you know, I, I look at my recently updated dynasty rankings for a few things here i have mark andrews up to number two at the tight end position i think that the way this offense is emerging and how he's come back and built on i mean for both andrews and brown this past offseason and, and you and i talked about it on ot quite a bit to where you know this is something 
that anytime that you have a buy low window for young stars like this, and I think that Andrews in some ways was even a safer buy low than Brown, where Brown is very good, but there are some red flags in terms of needing to catch some of these vertical passes if the passing offense is lower volume, the size, the injuries. Mark Andrews, especially at tight end, where you have fewer options. I mean, he was just such a crazy buy. And so TJ Hawkinson, I love the older guys are a little bit tricky in terms of how you want to evaluate them in dynasty, but Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, they're, they're my current top three. And I, I really like your team setup If you have any of those guys in dynasty leagues. Hey, Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the dynasty command center podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com. Click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sean, another player and kind of fits the mold. And I'm guessing that you mentioned, like, you know, in the article that there's buy lows, including some disguise to sell highs. I think the ones probably most disguised in that way are the two we're going to start off with here. And the other one is Cortland Sutton. So obviously Jerry Judy is expected to be back this week, similar to the situation with the the Ravens and, and Bateman coming back in there. But Cortland Sutton over the, the last three weeks has 30 targets, which works out at exact, the exact same target share as Marquise Brown, just 26%. The one thing that I'm intrigued by here is in terms of looking through the dot of some of the, the other guys, um, he has 15.2, which is only second to Marquise Brown. So when we talk about Marquise Brown, we think of deep targets down the field. When we talk down about Teddy Bridgewater, we don't necessarily think of that way as much. So he scored as well 60.2 uh, PPR points over the last three weeks, which is basically exactly the same again as Brown. So there's a lot of similarities between the two off those guys. 
and he had 455 air yards over that time as well so Sutton is somebody who I've been a big fan of since he came into the league obviously this offseason at the early point I was talking him up a lot and then it looked like he wasn't going to be fully back from that injury I think it's safe to say that the duty injury maybe forced him into action maybe a little bit quicker than maybe even the team had a hope but I think at this point through those uh, seven weeks he is he is back to what he pretty much was before the injury so I'm interested now in your thoughts because in that draft process I did switch more to Judy and we drafted a lot of teams together with Jerry Judy when it was coming up to uh, the start off the season so unfortunately Judy picks up his injury quite early and Sutton has kind of reaped the rewards of that how do you see that split happening now over the next couple of weeks my main concern is can Bridgewater support as much as they need there in terms of Judy Sutton and Fant that we've talked a lot about how many teams we have Fant on as well so there's a lot invested in this offense across the board can that be the occurrence does you know in some of these situations you mentioned for example next season uh JK Dobbins coming back I think that and you said it could possibly lower the the overall seating of those guys but I think in a situation it might actually improve it because you're taking out these veterans who are having little to no impact and then the defense has to focus on those guys more do you think having judy back in here gives maybe a little bit less coverage going the way of sutton the teams have to cover and, and get stretched a little bit more or do you think it does lower sutton and judy's value for both of those guys moving forward yeah the the the, the first thing there is just over the last several weeks especially when i was writing this article i was like man column was right we should have drafted a lot more sutton I think there's a balance there. I think you were also right on Judy outside he got injured. So, like, it's this is what I can, we we mentioned after week three. The season isn't three weeks long. It's also not seven weeks long. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see how it lands when when it's all evaluated at the end. But um, I, I think Sutton has all the talent in the world. The injury was a concern, and I think Judy also has a huge amount of talent. So uh, I think they just have two fantastic wide receivers. I think it's a situation similar to. The Bengals having Higgins and Chase, two fantastic wide receivers. Hopefully the team can provide enough targets to both of them. Yeah, the Bridgewater situation makes it a little bit different than there with yeah. Joe Burrow. And, yeah. and that's one of the things that we look at with several of these wide receivers. Now, you mentioned the target depth, you know, just over 15 yards there. And we look at the air conversion. We see that Marquise Brown in the last three weeks, just over 50%. Cortland Sutton, just over 60%. We do know that guys who have really deep targets are, are not going to convert as many of those because those are harder passes to connect on. And so that's something that we also want to consider here in terms of the bounce back. When we look at people who have air conversions over one, like a, a Cooper cup, uh, the, even with cup having some of these deep targets now, a couple of the deep targets against the lions really filled out his profile in a way that took him from another very good game to another crazy game. <laughs> And so he's, he's making some of those catches as well, but the target depth much, much lower. You expect to bounce back. One of the other guys on this list is T Higgins, who we all know had the 15 targets last week and didn't do much with them. You know, his target depth over the last three has been only 10 and his air conversion has been below 50%. Someone of his talent with that QB, uh, you're just, you're not going to continue to have air conversion. That's anywhere in that vicinity you know, with that profile. 
Brown, Sutton, it's a little bit different, but the numbers are, are pretty insane, right? We have Cortland Sutton with over 450 air yards in the last three weeks. His receiving yards, 282. His catch percentage has actually been very good. You mentioned the target share. His air yard share at 45%. I mean, that's up there uh, just a little bit below Terry McLaurin, who we've known for years is going to really dominate the air yard share there in Washington. And so, yeah, you mentioned then Judy, and it's so tricky to kind of try and figure out because he was one of the main sort of buy lows based on his rookie season where his depth of target 13 and a half, his air conversion uh, 0.56. I mean, Judy last season was sixth overall in air yards. And because he only caught 52 of his 113 targets, only went for 856, only scored three touchdowns, you had this opportunity to buy him in drafts at a price that was far below what someone with his draft profile and then his peripherals from his rookie season would have in any other way indicated. I mean, this is a guy who, if he had just not dropped all of those passes, then he would have been going up in that CD Lamb range. And there, number one, if he gets hurt like he does, then he really kills your team. And number two, even if he plays well, then it's going to be hard to outperform that. We are in a situation here where if you were able to hang tight with Judy and stay competitive because you have this depth of receiver, and that's you know, one of the reasons why people ask, why are you going to draft all those guys? Well, you know, somebody's going to get hurt. You're going to need people for the buys. And now hopefully some of those guys can come back and can really do it. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how this offense functions with two guys who can get deep and with a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater who's been surprisingly willing to throw the ball deep and yet still has some issues doing that. One of the things I think that we could see, as long as this offense uh, does want to be dynamic, and you know they, they're they 3-4 and four now, they've lost four in a row, they're falling quickly out of the playoff picture, Teddy Bridgewater is battling really for his NFL career. He's gotten a couple of chances post-Minnesota and you know really doesn't look like a starter i mean he's more in that marcus mariota category and so if you're fortunate enough to have been able to start and to get paid and to have these opportunities and especially if you have that opportunity in an offense that actually has some weapons I and mean, we're talking now about sutton judy fant and javante williams every week looks like a guy who is on the verge of stardom at running back he has the receiving touchdown last week to really sort of juice his fantasy points and get him into the range where if you did start him last week he finally did kind of pay off for you a little bit this could be a big time scoring offense and Tim Patrick has been good. But one of the things that I basically expect to have happen is that, I mean, his target share is going to fall off completely. And this is going to be Sutton and Judy and Fant. And the fact that both of those guys can get deep, but also I think that Judy is going to be able to a, a wide variety of things at the intermediate level. Hopefully some of these over the middle targets, which we know, are more efficient you know if your offense can run them if your quarterback you know has the ability to do those not all quarterbacks have the same sort of passing profile the same sort of passing strengths i think there's enough there for both guys it is a situation i think where sutton's really not a buy low or a sell high but he is someone who has elements of his profile that sort of counterbalance each other and so if you're thinking in terms of okay i've got to get out of him because you know his Scoring the last month is unsustainable anyway, and now the competition is coming. I think that's probably not exactly right. At the same time, even with how good Sutton has been, and he really looks like the prototypical alpha receiver, I mean, he's doing some things in a poor passing offense 
that a lot of guys struggle to do, even if they are very good. You know, you look at Terry McLaurin, you look at DJ Moore, and a couple other guys on this buy low list here struggling because of quarterback play. And I mean, Teddy Bridgewater would probably be like, you know, say what you want about me, but I am playing better. I am a better quarterback than those guys. But, you know, you don't see players with Sutton's size, athleticism, profile, all that often. Someone who has a little bit of A.J. Brown to him, you know, do you want to be giving that guy up really in any circumstance? And so one of the things that I kind of like about this is that uh, Brown and Sutton have some elements here where, yeah, I mean, you're going to be very tempted to sell, but the reasons to hold or to even buy if you can find sellers, those reasons and those elements of their statistical profile are pretty compelling. I would agree with that. And likewise, I would say maybe if somebody has drafted um, Jerry Judy and now they're thinking, you know, oh, well, he's coming back. Maybe he mightn't be 100% healthy and I can get get out from uh, underneath him for somebody else. I I would happily get either of these guys on my roster moving forward if, if it's a case that you can acquire either of them. So on a couple of players before we wrap up, um, you mentioned Terry McLaurin, somebody obviously we like all these guys on the list, but he, he could have had an even bigger day this past week, had a pretty, I would say by his standard, pretty easy touchdown catch that kind of, he tried to, you know, catch into his chest, bounced off his uh, pads and was incomplete, which probably should have been a touchdown. I know the Packers had given up red zone touchdowns on every drive that they've had into the red zone prior to the Washington game, but they did get pretty lucky. They had the the knee down situation with Heineke they had that drop there by McLaurin as well so that very easily could have been a, a couple of touchdowns against him this past week but I still think there's a, a massive amount of upside in McLaurin but like you mentioned these players are always going to be slightly kind of compromised by their their quarterback play um, as fun as Heineke is to watch but he's getting a massive uh, you know target share in this offense again he has over 50 percent of the air yard share in that offense so everything's pretty much going through him it's just part of the quality of what's going to it uh, you know isn't isn't the best but he is still kind of making that work i would expect it to to progress here as we go through the rest of the season you mentioned higgins i think there's i think we've talked about it, our belief in him enough i think that's going to to work out here over the the rest of the season somebody who's here though who's interested in quarterback situation is maybe the worst out of all these quarterback situations is Branton Cooks um I think Sean the conclusion that I have to find with Cooks after all these years in the NFL all the teams he's been on who he's been traded away from all the thousand yard seasons he's had I think we just have to agree that Branton Cooks is really good at football well he's got this profile that a lot of the teams sour on where he can get open he does Nobody have the vertical him. ability. He's got the speed, but teams just don't feel like he can take them to the next level, and they don't like this element of the size and the lack of contested catchability. So they have him. They sour on him. One of the things that we have seen this season is that really both sides of this element, where if you're the only guy and you're pretty good, you're going to have this huge workload. And at the same time, if you're the only guy and your quarterback is – terrible then it can be hard to convert on that and so uh, we actually got a pretty impressive performance from cooks to start the season and then he has fallen off over the last several weeks and i think that that presents an opportunity here right we have the potential for 
Tyrod Taylor to revitalize the offense and resuscitate it, maybe. Yes, re- resuscitate because they <laughs> it may be dead. <laughs> it may be dead. But I mean, you have Cooks averaging over 20 points per game over the first three weeks. And then now in the last month, he's been held under 10 three out of four times. He does have the one mini spike week against the Colts. Brandon Cook is someone who could help you out a lot over the last half of the season here. If he gets, you know, any type of quarterback play at all, he does have a number of good matchups in this next month. And so he's someone who can help you make the playoffs. His schedule over the last four weeks and in, in fantasy playoffs, especially is not particularly good, but he could be one of these acquire play, you know, retrade. If you don't have a trade deadline, or simply move back to your bench when you have this powerful deep team and are no longer in the bye weeks at that juncture. So someone else I would look at there as, I mean, like you said, Brandon Cooks is, is always good. We know he's going to have a huge opportunity. He's an interesting player if the Texans are able to move the ball at all. Yeah, just the, the interesting thing about him is like everywhere he's gone, he has performed, but then they, like you mentioned, the teams tend to move on or sour from him. Um, he continues to produce and, yeah, it's going to be tough sledding at times with this offense. But you know, if Tyrod Taylor comes back in there, I think it could could uh, boost it a little bit uh, moving forward. Last one, Sean, to touch on very briefly is our our guy DJ Moore, uh, one of our favorite players to watch in the NFL. I'm starting to get used to seeing the number two on his jersey now, as we kind of get our eyes adapted to some of the new numbers. But um, Sam Darnold has just absolutely collapsed over the last uh, kind of month, I guess. But Part of that collapse is down to some drops by DJ Moore, a lot of issues then with Robbie Anderson. Um, what, what's your thoughts here for DJ Moore? Is this a situation, can we see, talked about revitalizing for the, the Texans? Can Is there a case that it's a small sample size and it's just been a couple of really bad weeks for Darnold and we might go back to what we've seen in week one through four if we get Christian McCaffrey back in that lineup? Maybe that's somehow tied to how strong of a performance he was having in that early stage of the season? Well, over the first four weeks, he was averaging over 22 points per game. And then he comes in on the buy low grid here because even over the last three weeks, his volume profile has been absolutely elite. He's doing everything that we were looking for from that perspective. So my thought would be that he can be a 17 point per game guy with poor quarterback play if he continues to be used the way he's being used. And part of that is that the other guys really have struggled. They were hoping to get some performance from their rookie wide receiver. Obviously they were expecting to get a season a little bit more like 2020 from Robbie Anderson. They continue to not really get anything from the tight end position with Christian McCaffrey out. They don't get anything from the running back position. And so uh, it's going to be him, right? I also think the quarterback play almost has to improve just because it can't stay as bad as it is. I mentioned in the article that he's been the least valuable reality QB over the last three weeks. And we were just talking about receiver air conversion uh, from a passing air conversion perspective. Darnold is the second to last, the second to worst, right? Only Jalen Hurts has been lower, but Hurts has been targeting his guys a little bit further down the field. Now, one of the guys kind of interesting for our tight end discussion on Saturday is Dallas Goddard, what he can do now that Zach Ertz has been traded. And one of the interesting things about last week for Goddard is that he had a pretty decent air yards profile, but not 
a great overall target profile and involvement sort of throughout the game. Hertz is throwing the ball downfield to his guys. Some of the reasons why Devonte Smith has consistently been a buy low, but I mean, that offense just doesn't work. And so it, Darnold actually, for me, is a little bit of an interesting transition into thinking about some of these other QBs and some of the scuttlebutt coming out this week. And we're probably still at least one week, if not multiple weeks away from this, but the Eagles trade Joe Flacco to the Jets. Flacco now looks like someone who is going to start some games there. Uh, hopefully he'll help Elijah Moore catch a few passes, but we could be getting the mustache and the jean shorts there in Philadelphia. And this is tricky. And part of it, we're always kind of rooting for our fantasy teams, right? And one of the things that we like to do on OT is to make it very obvious that we're playing. You know, we are going through this ourselves and it's not like we're unbiased, but we're biased in a way that hopefully gives us a lot of insights because if, if you don't have personal investment, then you don't understand some of the things that are happening I don't have a lot of hurts. I do have some of these receivers. And so for me as a fantasy participant, it would be great if they went to a QB to get those points. And just again, kind of as a partisan, it would be great if Hertz stopped scoring so many points for uh, his fantasy managers. And it's something here where I also kind of want to throw in that Curtis Patrick, number five overall right now in the FFPC $100,000 best ball tournament. Colin, you and I gave quite a bit of attention to that in the offseason. Frequent listeners know that we have fantastic tools in the offseason to help you beat your best ball leagues. In our listener leagues, Colin, we still do have one where we're in second place. And again, I mean, really a lot of that is do the absolutely disgustingly gross pick very late. I mean, we want to make all of our apologies uh, in that we even have the person on our roster at all. I mean, very, very late Leonard Fournette. The other rosters are not doing as well. And one of the things that I just really want to emphasize here is that we were pushed off of our preferred strategy and the tactics that all of our tools recommend because the listeners were so good at snapping up all of the players and, and then the structural pieces that we would have wanted. And one of the things I think is interesting about this, and one of the reasons why I love doing the listener leagues is number one, it's just super fun. But then number two, you get to experiment with some things that you wouldn't necessarily do you know, when you're paying money to play in leagues. Uh, and, and you can see kind of how it works. And one of the things that has been very clear is that in these situations where you know you have... Uh, some people in the fantasy community, and this is not a shot at anybody in particular. I mean, I one of the things that is great about not being on Twitter is that I, I don't have to worry that I'm going to see something and then have to make a comment, and then people are like, "Well, you're you know, you're making a comment off of this other person's comment." Like, I don't know what the comments are. So th this is a, a very general thing. Is I never am in a situation where I have to call somebody out or, or inadvertently do it. Well, maybe inadvertently, but basically, th there's no animus at all in any of this. It's just in terms of specifically the tactics, which is that, you know, you say, well, if people are all drafting the wide receivers, then these running backs become values. Like they don't, they're still not good. <laughs> right? And so, you know, our teams that have more running backs that we would like and at huge values at multi round values, those teams are still losing and also getting not losing. I mean, they're getting crushed. Right. So, you know, just to throw that out there, if you get running back values, your team is still going to lose. Anyway, wrapping back around into this, uh, 
close us out for this particular episode by giving me a little bit of a feel on the Eagles. Oh, the reason I bring that up, sorry, I got into the digression there. Curtis is dominating. He writes the newsletter for Rotoviz. He put a lot of his best picks into the newsletter, right? So, and we also have uh, different times throughout the season, some great deals for people. Basically, that's my pitch. If you don't subscribe to the newsletter, uh, do that. You'll enjoy getting those. It'll also remind you of some of the cool articles coming out, give an easy way to click on some of them. Anyway, so Curtis is doing extremely well in this contest. Uh, he's very heavy on guys like Cup, Marquise Brown, who we've been talking about, Matthew Stafford, and Jalen Hurts. And so my only concern for Curtis here is that Jalen Hurts is going to get benched, and then you're not going to get those points. But then he has Matthew Stafford, who's heading to an MVP season. So we'll see how that we'll see how it all balances out. But um, yeah, before we do wrap up, you mentioned uh, Curtis and the the best ball tournament. Uh, the Scott Fishbowl, we you, just when you mentioned tools, um, a man behind some of the tools for a long time at the site, and the best ball content was Mike Beers. I think Mike Beers is in the top 10, but Ben Gretsch is number uno overall, so he's still uh, leading the way there with that. I believe no running backs in the, the first 10 rounds there, so you know, zero RB seems to be working quite well in the Scott Fishbowl. Not my team, my team is way way uh done and dusted uh so uh but good stuff there from the guys but we will wrap it up there we will be back on saturday we're going to talk some tight ends we will have another bonus show coming out this sunday hopefully you enjoyed the one uh, that we dropped last week if you haven't heard it yet go back and check it out if you do want to sign up as sean mentioned make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter we'll mention some offers and some great free uh previews on the articles there as well uh, but you can sign up for a road of his nfl pass right now if you do wish and save 10 percent with the code rv radio 2021 or by going to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for more information that is going to do it for today's edition of the show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over tim Arden. my co-host is sean siegel check out all of sean's work up on rotavis.com and until we're back on saturday have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.